0: Welcome in to episode number 14 of the One and Dud podcast featuring Austin Atwood, Dan Cooter, and that's it. Um, And Jake Uther. (laughs) 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 We got a jam packed show for you today. We got a lot going on three and three. Uh, Some big games that we had last week that we'll recap. Um, Also, get a nice update for the bubble teams, as that is, I would say, vastly changed since the last time we talked to you about it, about two weeks ago. Um, Jake's shit show of the week, along with a uh, quick talk about the new top 25, a couple of changes in there, along with some of the uh, big upcoming games that are coming up in college basketball this week. But first, let's talk, uh, chat with the boys a little bit here. Austin, Jake, how are we doing?
1: Doing fantastic. How about you, Dan?
0: I'm great. I had, a, I had a good weekend. We got to watch some college basketball together, so oh, that yeah. always makes things better. Um, Jake, how are oh. you?
2: I'm doing fantastic. Glad, glad to hear that. Can't wait. Uh, you can catch us
0: uh, on our Twitter account, at the One and Done Podcast. Keep you updated on all the action that's going around. we got about five weeks until we have our bracket for March Madness, so we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. Um, you know, got a lot to go over, as we mentioned. We're going to touch on some of the bubble teams, as that is, um, you know, pretty much changing every game. It seems like, you know, one of these bubble teams is getting a big win or has uh, a substantial loss, and so we'll talk about that a little bit more. Uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor as well. And let's jump right into things here. Austin's, we'll kick it off here with our three and three.
1: All right, yeah. so my first player this week, Joe Girard III, Syracuse point guard, had thirty points against NC State and uh, put up twenty-two against Florida State on Saturday. Both sadly were losses. Uh, the Syracuse team just can't finish, but he's been the white, uh, the one bright spot these past couple games, so just another score that Hughes can potentially rely on in the near future, go along with Elijah Hughes and Buddy Boeheim. Um Second player this week is Philip Petrusiv, uh, forward for Gonzaga, put up 27 points, 12 rebounds, in a fairly decent game, close game against Pepperdine. It was 40-36 in the first half, and then the Zags pulled away in the second. Um, He was a game-time decision this game, so, I mean, imagine if the Zags didn't have him. They potentially might have lost, Uh, so good thing he put up the performance he had. Otherwise, it could have been the Zags on the wrong side of that one, and my third player this week is Alpha Diallo, the forward for Providence. He had 35 points and 10 rebounds and was it it might have been a road win i can't i think it was a home win against seton hall um, so they hand the pirates their second straight loss last week uh, first team this week is the arizona state sun devils they defeated stanford in california this past week one of the bubble teams that are, is on the rise they've won seven out of their last eight games uh, with five wins in a row so i mean they're one of the teams in the pac-12 that's Kind of trend keeps trending in the right direction with the inconsistency of the conference. So right now I know we'll get into it in Bubble Talk, but I have them firmly in with the way they've played these uh, last recent games. Agreed. Um, So, yeah, I have them solidly in the tournament. Second team this week, I hate to say it, but I got to give credit when credit is due. Maryland. (laughs) they defeated michigan state on the road 67 60 i I believe they're what nine and something nine and three ten and three in the conference right now they're in first place they won eight in a row they're in the driver's seat for the big 10 conference championship but they have the penn state nittany lions right on their heels so they better not mess up uh and then third team just a little thinking outside the box here a little bit. We watched this game together. It was a great game. Loyola Chicago yeah. defeated Northern Iowa in overtime. Uh, this game was uh, one and two. Northern Iowa beat in first place. Loyola Chicago being in second place in the Missouri Valley Conference. Maybe we'll see them play each other down the road in the conference championship game. This could be a potential bid stealer if Chicago can knock them off. But overall, great weekend, great game. Uh, just had such a fun time watching college basketball with you guys. Hopefully we can do that again soon.
0: Oh, we'll have to do it more often, especially as mentioned, uh, under five weeks until we have our bracket. And as you mentioned, um, that was a great game. And I think we talk, we start talking about bid stealers. Um, I think that Loyola could definitely be one because as of now, I think Northern Iowa, I had them in the tournament.
1: Yeah, um, so do I. It's
0: about a 10 seed. They're kind of hovering. Yeah. They're they're close to, to being a bubble team, but I have them in right now. And if Loyola, you know, obviously has shown that they're capable of beating Northern Iowa, if they could do that again in the tournament, I think that could potentially you know, steal a bid from someone. But I think that kind of rests on the shoulders of how Northern Iowa plays here in the, in the back end of the season before conference tournament starts. But, um, you know, mentioning that game, some of the other big games of the week that we had, we had plenty of them. And we'll start off here. With a game that I watched pretty much throughout, Michigan State in Illinois. This is a great game. Um this game was in Illinois. At the time, Illinois was ranked twenty-two in the nation. Michigan State pulls off a seventy to sixty-nine win. Um it was a great finish to this one. I don't know, I, I don't think you got catch to catch the finish, Austin, but I'm sure you, you look back at the, at the back at the replay. Um this game, Illinois was down by about twenty in the second half, and they were just they were slowly, you know, chipping away at that lead. And then uh, Cassius Winston had four fouls and so Illinois was just attacking him over and over again and you know Winston smartly didn't want to get that fifth foul and he, Izzo wasn't taking him out of the game and so they were just attacking him and, and they were getting buckets off of him and Illinois came all the way back and was able to to take the lead and then Michigan State got a late basket and um remind me of the name Austin of, of Illinois player that got hurt right at the Io
1: end yeah, Io. he
0: um He was a big contributor in Illinois coming back in that game and almost pulling off the win, but he kind of slips and falls awkwardly. His ankle kind of got dragged behind him, and he went down in a heap of pain, and he had to be helped off the floor, and I don't know exactly what the status is. I think he's
1: good. I yeah, think he's good. I don't know if he played on Saturday. I'm gonna take a guess not, but yeah. I think he should be pretty he should he be good not. to go. Like, so. Yeah,
0: I don't exactly know um if he did play on Saturday, but but regardless, he he is Illinois' I would say best scorer. He kind mm-hmm. of he handles the ball and that was pretty evident in the Michigan State game. But um kind of a disappointing end of the game for Illinois, um, after coming all the way back, but I just threw that one in there just because I got to watch the majority of it. And it was a pretty riveting game, uh, but Michigan State ends up pulling up. That was a big road win for them. They needed that one after falling out of the rankings, um, you know, in a game then on Saturday against Maryland that I think they probably should have won and they let get away from them in the final minute. And, And Maryland, you know, squeaked away. So, um you know, for Illinois, they're struggling lately. They fell out of the top twenty-five rankings after a loss to Rutgers as well. And so, these were a pair of teams that needed the win. And Michigan State was able to get it. Uh, a couple of the, uh, games, man. Wednesday had a ton of good games. Creighton and Seton Hall kicked it off. Uh, Creighton, this was a big win on the road against Seton Hall. They win eighty-seven to eighty-two. And I think Austin this kind of reaffirmed our our love for this Creighton team um, as they get another big win against the Pirates here.
1: Yeah. Great, great win by the uh, by Creighton on the road, especially against the Seton Hall team that's been pretty lights out these past couple of weeks. They are in a two-game losing streak now with their loss on Saturday to Providence. But yeah, you look at Creighton, man. Their guards came into play. Tyshawn Alexander had 18 points. Um, Zagorowski had 18, six and eight. They just uh, outplayed them, outshot them. Um, let me see here. If Miles Powell, I can't remember if he had a good game or not. What do you do? Uh, twelve points, three of sixteen from the field. It's not going to do it for them. They need him to play well in order to win games. I get that feeling. He reminds like he reminds me a lot about Cassius Winston. You know when he's going, Michigan State's going. Mm-hmm. But just kind of odd for Seton Hall here. They're slipping as of late. Um, you know, you got Creighton Villanova and Butler—not nah, really anymore—but Creighton and Villanova just right on their heels, taking that for that number one spot in the mm-hmm. conference. Um, so obviously, they're gonna have to pick it up. I believe they play Butler on Wednesday, something like that. Yeah, I mean, so um, it doesn't each other, it feels like. <laughs> it doesn't get any easier for, for Creighton, <laughs> doesn't or, it? Or, the or big East is just and
0: there's a good game in the Big East, you feel like, every night. I mean, I'm watching the oh, yeah. Xavier-St. John's game right now, and it's a tight one with under four minutes to play. So, I mean, you talk about that. It's, the teams just get jumbled up because there's so many quality teams within that within that Big East uh, conference. And another game that we had going on in the Big East that night, Marquette and Villanova. This was a great game that went right <laughs> down to the wire. And a, I consider this a big win for Villanova, as they had kind of been – um, yeah, they lost three
1: and, straight.
0: Yeah, a little bit up and they're down fine. lately, and as you mentioned, that three game losing streak against a Marquette team that was pretty hot coming into that game, and Villanova able to pull off uh, a, a close one, seventy two to seventy one, the final. What do you make of this Villanova team as we come down the stretch here, Austin?
1: I still like them. I even though they had lost three so straight, I. I, we said it on Monday <laughs> Yeah, that they're, they're, I think they're still really good. Uh, their starting five is just just so good. Jalen Samuels, uh, Sadiq Bay, who can always put up points, Robinson Earl, who's a five-star freshman coming in, puts up 17 points, a lot of rebounds in this game. And then the stud, Colin Gillespie, had 14 points, uh, five rebounds, four assists. So, I mean, this team has shooting, they have size, and, you know, they get a key win to break that three-game losing streak, and, you know, they're back on. On pace here, they try to reclaim that first place, and they had a win against Temple on Saturday. Uh, so they they seem to be back in, in gear here as we approach the end of the conference play.
0: I think this game tells me a lot about Marquette as well. I mean, they seem to be the real deal. They seem like they can play with pretty much anyone within the Big East. You know, we didn't really talk about them a lot, and then we saw that they – they slipped into the rankings and then, you know, we finally last episode to kind of acknowledge that and, you know, they take Villanova down to the wire on the road here. I think they're going to be a threat come playoff time. I think we took them, we took them pretty lightly last year. And a lot of us picked them to lose to Murray state, which Mm. inevitably ended up happening. But I think um, Marquette's going to be right about around that five seed and and unless, you know, one way or another, if things do change for them in a good or a bad way, they seem to be right around that five seed marker. And so they're probably going to get a similar matchup than what we had with Murray state. But I think I have a lot more confidence in them um, this year than, than we do. We did last year. I think we, you would agree with me on that one.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, You know, in the beginning of the year, I was just thinking that this whole team was just going to be Marcus Howard. Like who else would score for them? Mm -hmm. So I I didn't see them being this good, but, they got, uh, you know, a supporting cast that's putting up numbers. I see this, an M dude puts up 14, you know, uh, McQuinn, another guard had 12 points, 11 rebounds. So, I mean, Marcus, it's not just all Marcus Howard right now. They're getting players to, you know, contribute and produce.
0: Yep. And then a couple other quick games we had on Wednesday, this Alabama and Auburn game was, this could have been Jake's shit show of the week as well. <laughs> this one had just about everything you could ask for in a game. It went to overtime. Auburn, Somehow won this one 95 to 91. Uh, Alabama put up 59 three pointers and they hit 20. Oh my god,
1: yeah, I saw that.
0: Um, Auburn they put up a good amount too. They were seven of 31 from three pointer from three point land as well. And so, for as much scoring as we had, the inefficiency was just through the roof in this game. Um, the thing that really sticks out to me the most. Auburn was 26 of 39 from the line. And that was the main reason why Alabama was able to stay in this game is because Alabama kept fouling, but Auburn couldn't make the, the loose change at the free throw line. And, and I think Austin, I think I mentioned this to you. Yeah, you did. It really concerns me with this Auburn team is I heard about them talking about on the broadcast as well. They have not shot. They've not shot good from the, from the foul stripe at all this season. And they didn't do it again in this one. And it almost costed them in the long run. But ultimately, the reason they win this game is because they out-rebound uh, Alabama 60-44. to uh, That was pretty much the main reason why they were able to, to squeak away with this one in overtime. But I uh, just wanted to mention that game just because it, it pretty much had everything you could ask for. It just kind of an ugly game um, that Auburn God. was able to escape with. Um, they chucked up of,
1: 59 threes, yes. man. Wow. Yes. Jake, look that up. That's got to be some kind of record. <laughs> it
0: is. I heard Dan Patrick talking about it on his show. It was some kind of record but jake can vet that i I can't exactly remember um speaking of the complete opposite of games kansas was able to beat west virginia 58 to 49 and late in this game it looked like west virginia had it and then kansas went on a pretty remarkable run and was able to pull out a road victory over west virginia Uh, the mountaineers they had a crappy week i mean two games (laughs) well i mean For starters, very tough schedule. They play arguably the two best teams in the Big 12, not even arguably. I mean, Kansas and Baylor, they're the cream of the crop. Um, And they had a chance to get a really big win against the Kansas team who they find ways to win games, man. Uh, It's just regardless of how their offense is, and their offense was not good in this game, um, they found a way to come from behind and win on the road. And and this was a big win for them. But um, West Virginia, as I mentioned, just an off week for them because they got blown out by Baylor as well. What do you make of this West Virginia team and, and kind of their offensive inefficiencies that they've been having of late?
1: I think it's just as simple as they're, they just got to make shots. Uh, I mean, putting up what 49 points, it just isn't going to cut against a no. great defensive team like Kansas and they can score and as well. I'll,
0: I'll intervene here for a second. Their last three games, um, against Oklahoma, they scored 59. Against Kansas, mm-hmm. they scored 49. And against Baylor, they scored 59. So that's not going to cut it. It's not going to get it done.
1: And I'm looking at here, they out-rebounded Kansas 38-27, to and offensive realms were 15-4 to in favor yeah. of West Virginia. So it just shows that they're not just – they're getting the second-chance opportunities. They're just not making the baskets that they need to, in order to win the games.
0: Yeah. And and, in the Baylor game, they fell down early, um, 33 to 22 was the score at half. And then both teams scored 37 points in the second half. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, Baylor jumped out to that lead and we know they, they're very good at playing with the lead and they were able to do that once again. So tough week for West Virginia. Um, and I also had that other game written down that, that Baylor was able to win uh, 70 to 59, um, Tough couple games for Mountaineers. Hopefully they can back up. They can get back up on their high, on their high horses. Here. I have six here and six and, fell down in, the
1: six and six in the Big Twelve.
2: What did What did you say, Jake? You interrupted Austin I'm there. Sorry, it was the Auburn game. It was the uh, the attempts were the most by a major conference team all time. Holy oh. crap! Yeah, that's crazy. Is,
1: where does their twenty two makes? Uh,
2: that set right. uh, SEC marks yeah, for makes. Tw-
1: so, okay.
0: Is it more impressive that they attempted 59 or is it more impressive that they, they made 22 of
1: them? I, I don't
0: know. <laughs> or okay, I, I'll I'll word it different. Is it does it look bad that they attempted 59 or does it look good that they made 22 of them? Mm. Cuz I think of it, I honestly I cut it right down the middle. 22 is very impressive. Yeah. 59 I I cannot be taking that many threes. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, Other games here. Louisville and Georgia Tech. (laughs) This one surprised me. Uh, Georgia Tech wins 64 to 58. Louisville had a miserable week. Um, They lost a pair of games. They dipped down to the rankings outside the top 10. And just when we kind of seemed like we were coming around on Louisville, they were gaining our confidence. They, they seem to have the depth and the ability to get scoring from multiple pieces in order to win these type of games, you know, maybe when their offense isn't exactly where it needs to be. But this is a product of Jordan Nora, and he maybe had his worst week as a college basketball player. Yeah. He had – I think he had seven points combined between the two games. He was held scoreless. Who did Louisville play on Saturday? It's slipping my mind. Clemson.
1: Clemson. Oh, yeah, Clemson.
0: Yeah. In the Clemson game, he had zero points, I want to say, about halfway through the second half. Yeah, it's not at just it. You know, as much as we talk about the secondary scoring that Louisville has, you need your top players like Jordan Orr to be going, and he wasn't in this one, and it leads to a pair of losses for Louisville. Anything you want to add on Louisville here? I know that. They just had a really down week. Do we throw this out the window, or do we keep this in the back of I line? think
1: it's something to keep an eye on because I don't think uh, Nora started in Dick Clemson. I think he came no, off the bench. You no, know. and
0: they mentioned that that you know a lot of people were talking about it was just an off night for Nora. He started on the bench. She might have been hurt, but then in the second game against Clemson on Saturday, he played the entire game. So there was no minutes restriction on him. There was none of that. It was just a product of Nora just having an off game, and it seemed like he wasn't playing with much confidence, which is a little worrisome.
1: Just, yeah, sluggish on the road as well by yes. the team as a whole. It's losing to the bottom half of the ACC, especially when you're in a tight race for first place, which belongs to Duke now, maybe? Duke and Florida State? Yeah, I, I want to well, Duke, Duke. I think Duke, yeah, Duke now because they beat Florida State on Monday. Correct.
2: Yeah, agreed. I'm looking to standings. It's right now. Duke, can... Louisville, and Florida, and then Florida State. Both okay. Duke and Louisville have twelve wins. Uh, Louisville has three losses, though. So. Okay, and then
0: um, anything else you want to add there on Louisville? Is that all you got, Austin?
1: That's all I got. Hopefully, I can turn it around because they're a good team, and I'm losing confidence in them right now. After I was, I was pretty confident <laughs> in them. I thought I knew who they were, but. Obviously, yeah, I don't.
0: Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, we got a Pac-12 game. This was the battle of the, the two best Pac-12 teams, Colorado and Oregon. This was a game that I thought Oregon needed to win just to kind of solidify themselves as the top team um, in the Pac-12, and they did that. They won 68-60 to at home against Colorado. Um, kind of an ugly game. I mean, I don't really think there's much to take out of this other than I threw it in here just because it was, you know, we talked – a lot last week about how bad the Pac-12 has been this season, and these seem to be the only two teams that are going to get kind of higher seeds in, in the tournament, it seems, and Oregon um, took care of business like I thought they would.
1: Yeah. Uh, Oregon went down pretty early. Yes, I think Colorado went on like a, I could be wrong here, like 16 nothing run or something and they were down by double digits. So I was getting a little worried for the Ducks here because they haven't looked great as of late. But they do come back and defeat Colorado 68 60, as you said, which, you know, it's a, you know, Colorado, what, first place in the league, I believe, as of right now, or it was, but that's a pretty big win for the Oregon program, who's been kind of sluggish as of late, losing to the bottom half uh, of the Pac 12, like Oregon State, Arizona State, teams like that.
0: Yeah. And then uh, I, I threw in here, LSU lost uh, to Alabama eighty-eight to eighty-two. This is a big win for Alabama. They're kind of sneaking around in the bubble team conversation because they've gotten a couple of big wins on their resume here of late. Yeah, and if they beat and, Auburn.
1: Uh, I think yeah, and been LSU in
0: the LSU has kind of kind of fallen off here a little bit after their hot start. And I think that's a product of we talked about LSU. They had not played anyone in the in the SEC yet. And yep. Now they're kind of getting to the meatier part of their schedule and they're kind of Limp into the finish here, and they fell out of the top twenty-five um, conversation after they were ranked 18, I believe it was, and then they fell down to 25, and now they're finally back out. And so um, they struggled they against their,
2: Missouri too, yeah, yeah for a did. while. They kind of
0: their their moment of moment of glory, and now they're back. Uh, they're back outside the top 25. There was plenty of games on Saturday that we could get into as well, but um, we'll probably touch on some of them here in the bubble talk as well. But I am excited to see everyone's updated bubble teams. I struggled um, two weeks ago to really solidify my bubble teams. And I I found it a lot easier when I sat down today and wrote out my bubble teams. And I know me and Austin talked about this. I don't know how Jake approached this, but I kind of took a different approach this time. I kind of worked away from how the strength is scheduled and quadrant one wins and all that hoopla and i kind of just went down and looked at all the teams and looked at who who the big wins were for all these teams i know Austin, you kind of talked about something similar you did that you did the same thing when we talked about this two weeks ago if i do remember so correctly you were looking more at who all the teams had beat and that was the main reason why purdue made it into your your bubble teams because they had a, a lot of big wins so I know Austin you kinda of worked off of that same criteria. Jake, how did you come up with your, your bubble teams here this week?
2: I looked at that as well as well as looking at the their overall records in the quadrants. And then for some teams I also looked at possible like big games coming up where they could get like quad more quadrant one or quadrant two wins, really is what I also looked at. Um but I did go along a similar path that you guys did. Yeah. Okay,
0: well, um, I believe we let Jake start last time. Austin, how about you take a crack at it? We'll start here. We're working off the same criteria. Do you guys want to go from the top-bottom again, start with our first four buys, and then work our way down?
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: You think that that works the best? All right, Austin, go ahead with your first four buys. All
1: right. So my first team, Arizona State. They're a team, like I said before, they're trending upward. Seven uh won seven of their last eight games, five in a row. You know, they're just, you know, they're playing their games and they're winning them. So I have them firmly in right now. Second team, I have Rhode Island. And, um, you know, they had that loss to Dayton on earlier in the week. But I, I still look at them, you know, they're comfortably in second place in the A-10 and they just, you know, they've won the games that they've played. It just, you know, we're seeing all these bubble teams lose. So obviously if other teams keep winning, they're going to move up. Um, I had then my third team. I have East Tennessee State in as one of my last four buys, and then my four my fourth team is uh, Virginia. And then my last four in, I have. Whoa, 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 good whoa guy! Whoa. Hey, whoa. Hang on a minute
2: there.
0: All right. Well, I will preface. I I have Arizona State and Rhode Island firmly in the field. They're not on my list just because I have them in. Um East Tennessee State I have the tournament but I had them in as a conference winner just to just to say that. Mm-hmm. So n- none of those teams are on my list. Um but I do agree with them Austin just so you know. Um ooh, it looks like Xavier's going to slip one out here at St. John's. Good. Good. It's a big win for them. Um all right, my first four bo- Mary's uh, 21 and six with an eight and four conference record, and going back and and I've seen in a lot of brackets that they're kind of in the tournament as a nine seed. I don't really agree with that. I don't think they're that firmly into the tournament. But going back and looking at some of the wins they have, uh, they've beaten Wisconsin, Utah State, Arizona State, and BYU, which I consider all um, pretty good wins for them, especially. We've talked about Wisconsin. They got a ton of quad one wins playing in that Big Ten conference, along with uh, Arizona State, who's on the come up, and then BYU, who is ranked at number number twenty three, I believe it is this week. So um, those are some impressive wins for the West Coast Conference team, St. Mary's. So I have them as a buy um, as of now, and then I have Virginia. Virginia is a team that I think if they lose one one more of these mediocre games <laughs> I'm going to move them out because I've looked at their schedule some of their losses are just absolutely brutal um their main wins are against Florida State that's a big one yeah. I think that plays a large part in why um they're still in the field right now along with Arizona State they beat them uh what was it like 48 to 46 <laughs> like the end of this season it counts though it counts well, wins and a then win? Um, I put on here they beat North Carolina when North Carolina I believe was still ranked. Yeah,
1: yeah um, yes.
0: early on in the season. That's how that's kind of how far you have to dig down here with Virginia is is I, I'm not really I don't really want to dig back into the beginning of their season and have to give you a quality win against a team who was ranked and isn't even in contention to make the tournament anymore and that's exactly where North Carolina stands but That's kind of where I had to go. But I do have Virginia in the field right now. They're nine and five in conference play as well, which I think bodes well uh, for them as well. And then Florida, I have in um, 16 and nine overall record, eight and four in conference. Their big wins are over Auburn, Alabama, um, South Carolina, Providence, and Xavier. Those are all pretty quality wins. They have a couple of, of bad losses, but I'm starting to notice. Every team in the SEC has a bad loss on the resume oh, right yeah. now. That's just kind of how it is. Um, especially it's a weird conference. You have a couple of really bad bottom feeders that somehow find ways to win games, uh, cite Missouri and Vanderbilt. And for Florida, I really didn't think I was gonna have them this far into the tournament as being a buy, just because I, I their their play has been so inconsistent this year and I'm still don't really have much confidence in them, but I do have them in the tournament as of now. Um, As I, as I mentioned with those five wins, uh, kind of impressive wins for them is now. And then my last four buys Utah state. um, They've gotten hot here of late. They've won four in a row. They sit at a 21 and seven record, 10 and five in conference. And their two big wins are against sec opponents in Florida and LSU. Um, The LSU win looks a little bit better than the Florida game, but at the same time, I noticed here a lot of these teams have played each other that are on this bubble, and so it really helps us kind of gauge things better. Yeah. And, you know, with having Florida in as a, as a buy, it kind of made it a little easier for me to swallow to put Utah State right next to them because they beat in Florida, um, even though I do think the Gators have a couple of more quality wins than this Utah State Aggies team does. But those are my four buys as of now, and I'm pretty confident
2: in them, I think.
1: All right. Oh, <laughs> well,
2: I had three of the same that both of you had. I had um, Rhode Island, Virginia, and uh, Arizona State as well, like Austin had mentioned. Um, I all think they're pretty much solidly in. Uh, the last okay. team that I had was um, USC as my last four-by.
1: Okay. Um, oh, you
2: I got know- them down there a little bit lower. Yeah, I feel... I kind of agree with you, Jake. I've seen some, and I they they have been shifting around recently because they did have the three-game losing streak. Um, mm-hmm. They ended that the, this past week with two wins. Uh, I think at one point they were at like a seven or eight seed I was seeing, which I thought was a little too high. Um, they do have some, I guess, tough opponents coming up. They play Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State to help finish out the year. Yeah. Um, and I was has I, I think they're lower simply because of the Pac 12 being in the Pac 12. You never know. They could easily go out and lose to Utah or UCLA. And they're two easy games to finish the rest of the year. Um, yeah, but that's really where I stand in my last four buys.
0: No, I agree. I think the big thing for USC is you've got to take care of business against Utah and UCLA and then find a way to win at least one, maybe of them. one or two of those games. Um, two of those being at home against Arizona and Arizona state. I think if you can win one of those, that'll bode well for you. Um, I, I have them in right now, but I do agree they're They're slipping down, you know, they've lost. And those three teams you mentioned, they that they're all playing, lost to- They just lost. Yeah. <laughs> they just lost to all three of them, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona state. They lost to all three of them, um, in succession. So, you know, coming up, I'm looking at their schedule right now. The Stanford win sticks out. That was kind of when the when the tide turned for them. They beat an LSU as well. Um, you know, those are kind of their two trademark wins as of now. But um, I would agree with you, Jake. I think they're slipping down into that that territory of maybe having a buy. I, I didn't have them on my radar, but you bring up some valid points. How about you? Um, how about you start us off with your last four in?
2: Um, well, for the last four in, I had. I know you had mentioned as you had them as a buy, Dan, but I have Florida's last four in like you talked about simply with how inconsistent they can be. And those sec teams at the bottom can definitely give you a challenge in a game. Um, but I think that they've like shown enough to at least be in the last, uh, like on the bubble, the edge of the last four buys last four in. Um, and then my second team, I had uh, Indiana. I think I they had a rough showing this past week for sure. Um, definitely did not bode well for their bubble chances because I think, I mean, going into the week, a lot of people had them as maybe a last four buy or just even in to begin with. But I think with their week this past week, they definitely put themselves back into bubble contention. Um, They have chances at wins coming up. They have Penn State at home. Um, They do have to go on the road to Illinois. Um, Just with how the Big Ten is, they definitely have chances at getting those big wins. Um, I know Dan might not like this one because we've always talked about this conference, but I have Wichita State as the last in, And Um, yes. Um, Really? Yeah, I... Just
1: something about them.
2: I just think that they can do. <laughs> that, oh, okay, Bob. Wow.
1: I
0: hope Jake's on the committee. Ah, there's something about this team,
2: guys. I think we should
0: just have them in. The shockers, they anyway, just have to continue. be in.
2: They just have to be in. I I just.
0: Why? Why do they have to be in? Give me, a, well, give me one good reason.
2: They have wins, <laughs> good quality. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Jake,
0: I'll agree with you. They're they're teeter tottering right. They're just so. They have a couple of they have a couple of decent wins. They've beaten Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I'll give them credit for that, but they have been so bad in their own conference that it just completely. I've lost all faith in them. They're they're seven and five in the American Athletic Conference. Like that's that's terrible.
2: Yeah, I understand. I could say. know
0: you're supposed going to argue back with me and be like, "Yeah, but
2: but Dan, but you're just gonna lay over, aren't you?" No, I still Dad, think that they can yeah, pull it off. Yeah. They have they get to play Tulsa at home, which I mean Tulsa they did they have a good conference record. <laughs> they did lose to them, just but, like everyone yeah. else in their conference, they can right their wrong. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay. oh so this is what Jake's <laughs> voting on.
0: Is Jake's one of those guys that even if so, let's say his Memphis Tigers, are, who
1: are no, they're out, out. The they're done.
2: they're, they're done. No, so they're he done. looks down
0: the schedule and he's like, "Well, Memphis still has chances to get into the tournament, no, so no, I'm no, going to no, put them no, no. in anyway."
2: No, yes, Method, the they're done. They're done. As much as I love Penny and the Tigers, they're done. They're done. They're done. <laughs> they're done. Right, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. What did I see? How it is? Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> now I lost track. Where the hell was I? <laughs> I said three teams. All right, my last team. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) I got to stop telling Jake to even get involved in these conversations.
1: Why? You
2: know, why? It's funny, so. Gives us some laughs.
1: Jake, we got Memphis. Who's your last team? NC
2: State. Jesus. That's who it was.
1: Why why the you come up with this list? All right.
2: And you
0: would you like to? Yeah, would you like oh, no, back no, out no, that like to right, Never mind. I <laughs> so just there's something about this NC State team, Austin. Oh, I just like them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God! All right, you want me to go or you want just to go? go. I don't even want just to go, admit Jake's
0: argument. go ahead, Austin. All right. So uh,
1: last four in the I first. Don't,
0: wait, wait. Oh, I'll, can I say something? Uh uh-huh. I don't have any of Jake's teams in my last four in that he has. Wow. Last not not one of them.
1: All right. Uh, my first team in the last four-in, I have Indiana. They were firmly in for me, but, you know, they've just been slipping, as Jake said, and they're, they've slipped into my last four-in, and they're trending oh, downward. So we'll see how I that goes. I still haven't
0: been. I still haven't been. I, they're, they're on that borderline. Yeah. They're, they're on that borderline. I agree.
1: Um, my second team, I have Cincinnati is um, second team in the last four-in. They just somehow keep squeaking out these wins. Uh, they're just, just
2: something about them?
1: No, they keep squeaking out. They beat Houston. They beat your, your Wichita State Shockers. <laughs> they beat your Memphis Tigers. Uh, ooh, they play, Last three games, they've played an overtime. He... <laughs> but they've won two out of three of them. Win's a win. Yeah. Uh, so they still play Wichita State. They're at Houston. Those are two big games. So... Plenty of opportunity, and they still have to go into the AAC conference tournament. But if they keep winning, they'll stay in. Oh, God. I... mm. So I was teeter-tottering between Richmond and Florida. Oh, baby! And uh, I think I'm going to stay with Florida, but I think Richmond is deserving... I just because I look at they, because there's not much to level it out here, but they both have played Auburn and Florida beat them. Richmond did not, so that's kind of what I'm weighing it on. So I'm putting Florida in because they beat Auburn. And last team is USC. I have them as my last four in because they played what Arizona the other night, Dan, and we were wait we were looking for it. We wanted to see it. They didn't show us anything. They, they lost let us it. down hard. Yeah. So, and that's, there's another, that's another inconsistent Pac-12 team that just kind of wins and then loses. So, I have them as my last four in. Okay. Lay it um, on me. Let's go.
0: I got Cincinnati as my first last four in. Okay. Uh, They got wins over Wichita State, Houston, SMU,
1: and I tallied the Tennessee win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time,
0: Tennessee, I don't know if they were ranked, but they were just on the border of being ranked. So that was a big win for them, and that was kind of the turning point of their season because they had been shaky early on. But I look at their conference record at 10-3, and that's what kind of propels them up the ladder a little bit more for me because we've talked about – um, some of the other teams that have really struggled inside that conference. And so that gives me a little more confidence in the Cincinnati team that has found ways to win these games that teams like Wichita State, um, as I alluded to, who has a 7-5 and five conference record, has not been able to do. So that gives me a little more confidence in the Cincinnati team, and that's why I have them. They're not firmly in, but they're my first – uh, my first team that I have in my last four in. And then I have the Richmond Spiders. As you mentioned, Austin, 9-3 uh, mm-hmm. and three in the 8-10, 19-6 overall. Uh, quality wins against Rhode Island, D.C.U., Wisconsin. And I also tell you, the Boston College win is a significant win for them, which some of the teams Boston College has been able to somehow beat as well. Um, this Richmond team has kind of been on the come up as lately, and they almost – were my first four out when we talked about the bubble teams two weeks ago, but they've done nothing but good things since. And so um, I kind of attribute the conference record to that as well is that's tough eight, 10 conference, um, especially at the top beating a Rhode Island team that we have firmly into the tournament right now, I think bodes well for them. Um, That's why I have them in the tournament as of now. And then for my last two teams, these are two teams that easily could be replaced with other teams that I have on the outside looking in. And you mentioned USC and Indiana. Those are two teams that I have in the tournament as of now. But
1: okay.
0: upon looking at what you guys said, I can easily see them. The thing is, is it's so hard to look at your bubble teams and replace them with the team that you have in the tournament. That's kind of on that bubble right now. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, yeah. Like, like I could easily take USC and put them in as a last four in or first four four-by, but then who am I going to confidently move into the tournament? That,
1: that's exactly tournament. what I struggle do, with when I make my well list.
0: Do I want to put Virginia in because I don't think Virginia is deserving of really you know being locked into the tournament as of now? Same with like St. Mary's and these are teams that I see on you know some of the professionals' brackets that they have in the tournament as like an eight or a nine seed, and I'm like I don't really agree with that, but at the same time. You have teams like USC. I look at the resume. There's, It's not overwhelming. It's not it's not anything to really get you excited about, but I kind of have them in the tournament just by default as of now. Um, so that's where I'm going here. I have Mississippi State as the last four in, and this could have gone either way just because I think this was just process of elimination and how some of the teams below them have just been so inconsistent that it puts them in. Yeah. Um they're sixteen and nine overall with a seven and five conference record in the SEC. They're big wins. They beaten Arkansas twice, which is huge because Arkansas is another bubble team as well. Um a lot of people have Arkansas as the last four in. I don't even have them as the first four out of now. I've looked at their resume. It is, it is ugly. It's not very good. They don't have any quality wins and they have a twenty and they have a ton of bad losses.
1: Do you yeah, I have them out. Yeah, I have them out as well. I, I, you can't be in the tournament with a four and eight conference record at the Exactly, SEC. exactly. <laughs> people
0: have. I, I'm seeing people have Mississippi State on the outside looking in, even though they've beaten Arkansas twice. And Mississippi State is, I believe, fifth or fourth in the SEC standings. You have Arkansas. You got to scroll down the page to find them in the SEC standings. Like they have done terrible in conference, and then. As I mentioned, Mississippi State has beaten Florida as well. So that's another big win for them against a team that they're kind of, you know, in cahoots with um, for one of the last spots in the NCAA, NCAA tournament. But I'll be completely honest with you, I don't really have much faith in Mississippi State as of
1: now. <laughs> and i can see them.
0: There's chances on their schedule to get big wins coming up, but I just feel like they're not going to get them and they're going to continue to slip down and they're going to end up just like Arkansas and they're going to fall out of. Um, fall out of favor with me and then my last dive in right now is Purdue um, they have struggled of late after we kind of jumped on their bandwagon it seemed, seemed like last week and the thing that is helping them is they play in that Big Ten tournament and they, even though yeah. they have a 7-8 and eight record they have a slew of big wins um, they've beaten Indiana Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Virginia, these are all big quality wins for them And if they can continue to take care of business and win a couple of games coming up against Big Ten opponents, I think it's going to fare well for them. And if they can have a decent tournament run as well in the conference tournament, I think that will go a long way for them. But this Purdue team, it's why I have them right on the edge of being in or out. They just need to win a couple of more games. If they continue to lose, they're going to fall out. But they have so many big wins. I just find it really hard to keep them out of the town
1: yeah well we can just stay on that i i have them as my first team in the first four out mainly because of all the points you just said okay, so but what concerns more... me is is what yeah. concerns me is they seem to be a team that wins and then loses wins and we have, oh, well at what point do we say they just have too many losses
0: yeah i know and that's the, that's the problem is as as i can look at all these big wins that they have, but we talked about Providence. They're another example of a team that has a ton of quality wins against Butler, uh, Marquette, uh, Seton Hall, all big wins, but then they have losses against like Charleston and teams like you never even heard of. So it's like, at what point do we outweigh the wins and losses and, you know, how do we value them? And I think that's where we're at with this Purdue team.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, (laughs) Do you want to just lead with us with your first four out?
0: Uh, Sure. I can do that. I I got Wichita State as my first four out. Um, I
2: heard Jake's mic move. Could you uh, lean in just a little bit? Maybe to lean in. Yeah, so we could hear you a little
1: better. That's all.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. State. Um, I still think they could make it into the tournament. They do have wins over Ole Miss, D.C.U., Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and South Carolina, and you'll hear in a moment why I think that South Carolina is a big win. Um, there's there's wins on the table as just a matter of the conference record has just been sloppy. They have not played well since they've gotten into the tournament and into conference action, I should say, and. Austin, would you agree that we expected this Wichita State team to kind of run through the American
1: Conference? Yeah, I did tweet. I, I did tweet when they beat Memphis. They were both ranked at the time that uh, Wichita State was for real. Uh, <laughs> that has changed drastically these past couple weeks. As you know, they started out really good. And now I think they're what six and five, seven and five, something like that in the conference, and that's just not going to do it right now so they have work to do obviously
0: yeah um and then i have south carolina as the second team, first four out um we kind of brief well off air me and you austin we briefly mentioned the south carolina team and how no one had really been talking about them even though i had seen them on on page's Bracketology pages on the bubble teams. No one had really put them on their actual list. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. You know, so they're kind of been hovering around the bottom. But looking at their schedule, I mean, if we if we compare them to a team like Arkansas, or Mississippi State, Mississippi State 16 and nine with a seven and five record in conference. South Carolina is 16 and nine as well. They're above them in the SEC, eight and four. And they own wins over Arkansas, Kentucky, and Virginia, teams that are above them in the tournament watches of now. Those are big wins. And I think the South Carolina team is coming around at the right time, and there's chances on their schedule to get more wins, especially coming up against Mississippi State as well, which could easily flip-flop these teams for me. I I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on South Carolina, but I'm starting to come around on them. They're on a a three-game winning streak as well so what do you guys
2: got I, we I agree really about as,
1: as you said we did talk about this off air I, I don't have them on my next four out or I didn't even make one but I don't think they'd be on it as of right now but they're on the come up that's for sure I mean they I believe they have the same overall record as Florida right now same conference record mm-hmm. as well uh, big game I see Wednesday at Mississippi State I might yes. tune in for that one I might tune in and
2: home against LSU over the weekend.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's, I mean, this, this, uh, maybe I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt a little bit here and moving them up a little higher than I should be, but I don't think I'm, I'm too far off. Am I? No. No. Okay. Well, let's see if I can get you with my next two teams. Cause I went a little bit out of the box here. Um, I have Georgetown with a 15 and 10 record, five and seven, In the Big East Conference, they have wins over Butler, Creighton, SMU, and Oklahoma State. SMU is another team that I took a long, hard look at just because they have been strong within the American Athletic Conference as well. But getting to see this Georgetown team play most recently, they had a couple of guys left. And Patrick Ewing is just making the most of what he has. And he found a way to beat a Butler team that has been ranked for the majority of the season on the road as well. Very impressive win for the Hoyas. I think Georgetown, if they can get a couple more of these big wins in the Big East, they're going to work themselves in a position where they're going to have a chance to get into the tournament, I think.
1: I agree. Uh, Most of the bracketologists we see, they have them either first four out, next four out. They're definitely on that bubble line. Mm-hmm. Especially with, like you said, I mean, they had had starters get get kicked off the team or entered the transfer portal because of, you know, some harassment accusations or whatever. And their best player, McClung, has been out the past couple of games, I think with a foot injury or something. It's just kind of amazing how this team's been able to rally together and, you know, get the wins that they've needed to get in order to put themselves in this position.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. It's been pretty impressive what Ewan's been able to do with uh, the squad he has had here in the back half of this season. Uh, Notre Dame just hit a buzzer beater against North Carolina.
2: Really? 17.
0: Yep, that was good. Well, there's 1.8 on the clock, but they just took the lead with a three-pointer. But my last team that I have in the first four out, Nate Oates, Alabama, Crimson Tide, Ooh. 14-11 record, 6-6 in conference They've beaten some good teams. They've beaten LSU, Auburn, Mississippi State, and Richmond. And I have Mississippi State and Richmond in the tournament as of now, so I kind of weighed those heavily when I looked at this Alabama team. They have some gross losses. I will (laughs) admit that. And as you mentioned, that win against Auburn would have gone a long way. Yeah, yeah, because they've already beaten Auburn once. That would have been two wins against Auburn this season for Alabama. So I think. This Crimson Tide team has a chance against. You know, we talked about how inconsistent this SEC team has been, or SEC conference as a whole has been. There's chances for Alabama to continue to rise for me, but they're a little, a little inconsistent. I, I really don't expect that they're going to get into the tournament, to be quite honest with you. But they have some wins to their name, and so I, I just wanted to give them a little bit of, a little bit of street cred, I guess. I had them as well.
1: Ooh, hey. fighting Nate Oates, Jake.
2: Exactly. Go ahead,
0: Jake. What do you got?
2: No, Austin can go. I'll throw my crap. No, go ahead, out Jake. The end. Go Liverpool. ahead. Okay. Well, I had Alabama, like I said, um, and then also following with Austin is I had Purdue. I like he said, when is too many losses? I guess too many in the committee's eyes. Um, there has, I guess, they do have hope considering that they are in the Big Ten. Uh, conference. Um and there have been recent teams in the last couple of years that almost made it with more than uh thirteen losses. Uh last year uh both Alabama and Indiana both had fifteen losses and were on the uh first four out for last season, so which could mm-hmm. bode well for Purdue as well. Um plus I think like Austin had said them being in the Big Ten definitely helped their chances. Um and then I had, I well, Dan has them as solidly out. I had Arkansas as one of my first four out. Um, and then the last one I had was um, Mississippi State was my final first four out. Um, just because we never know with the SEC and how inconsistent it can really be. So those were mine.
1: Yeah, um, mine will just go through pretty quickly. I mean, we've you guys basically had kind of the same here. So I said Purdue a while back. Purdue's my first team in the first four out. Then I got um, Richmond, then Mississippi State, and then Wichita State. Just out of curiosity, guys, do you guys have Stanford in or just completely out? No, uh, no, out. I had them
0: completely out.
1: Okay, yep, I had to do as well. They, I I see the five I went and seven. Back and <laughs> I went
0: back and looked at their resume. The, the Oregon win is literally... It's That's it's literally... That it was the only thing people were hanging their hat on. They had yep. beaten a bunch of... They beat a bunch of crap teams in the Pac-12 at home, mind you. And they beat Oregon. And I think people jumped the gun a little too early on them. And now... I think we're figuring out that the Stanford team's not very good.
1: They've had big opportunities this past week yes. and every time and they, I look at them and I see that they played, they they just lose. They played mm-hmm. Arizona State, I think it was like that Thursday night game. Arizona State won, then they played Arizona on Saturday, lost that one.
0: Jerry Palm still has Stanford in um I hope he I hope he changes that soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has Arkansas in as well, I think.
0: I know. I was that I, When I looked at that, the first thing I did is I took Arkansas and Stanford and basically just took them
1: out yeah. and moved them all the way yeah. down.
0: That, that's what I did. Yeah. It, it was just He's, the process of elimination for them. He finally took out VCU. He had them hanging on uh, for a while. Yeah, no, they, they're <laughs> they're out for me, too. They're well out. Yeah. Is that it? Was that
1: all, all you got? All, uh,
0: huh? That's all
1: I got. Okay. Good stuff. Well. Uh-huh.
0: Most mostly a- agreed there, um, Jake. I don't. I don't really know. We we agreed on most of So,
2: Jake, you want to talk about your shit show of the week real quick? Um, yeah, the TV scheduling has just been absurd this week, and I don't like it. Or last week, um, the fact that two of the best Big Twelve games that happened this week were on ESPN Plus. Um, And other games were played over them. On Saturday, it was Notre Dame and Duke that got played over Baylor, uh, West Virginia. And then during the middle of the week, I believe on Tuesday, um, Auburn and Alabama, which ended up being a good game, did go to overtime, was played over uh, Kansas and West Virginia. Um, I'm just not liking the fact that they're utilizing ESPN Plus a lot more for all these bigger games. Um, Making us try to pay for their subscription. (laughs) It's got to be something to do with Big 12 TV
0: scheduling or... Syndication rights or whatever the yeah. hell it is that ESPN
2: That's... has the nice deal with the ACC, so they like, I'll go with them over. I thought Big other Twelve
0: had a good deal with ESPN going. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Big Twelve so is always on ESPN.
2: So did I. I don't.
0: I mean, I, they still do technically. I mean, the game's on ESPN Plus, but I, I don't understand it at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. Even if, even if the schedule was to come out before the season started, which it does, and I'm assuming TV you know tv rights are divvied out before the season starts too there's no flexibility really like you can't, can't flex like, anything in our hours. obviously at the time i don't think anyone thought that baylor and west virginia were going to be good this year and it turns out that both of our top 15 teams when they right. meet you'd think that they would be able to come up with something so you know the game would be nationally televised
2: but obviously not the case and I agree, Jake. Very disappointing, and I know Austin has also brought it up. Is the timing of some of these games? He's very mad about uh, the fact that Baylor and Kansas is on at noon over this weekend. Oh, God, that's. So I think bad. it should be a later in the day game, even the, maybe the night one, like an eight o'clock or something. like oh, I saw.
1: Go I on, saw Austin, Florida Austin. and Kentucky is on at 6 o'clock. You could literally put that as the noon game. Come on now. The thing I don't get is, is that game day,
0: the game is always at 6 o'clock. And then yes. game, day, game day is in Baylor next week, and the game's at noon. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, yeah. why, why would you mess with something that's good? I, honestly, Austin, I was not a fan of the 6 o'clock at the beginning of the season, but I've come around on it. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a good time for that game to take place. But why they had to go and, and mess with it is beyond me. It, ha- it has to do something with rights and, and whatever it is and TV scheduling from ESPN and, and they can't go against the the rules or whatever, but it's disappointing to see. It is.
2: That was all I had to show of the week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so depressing. All right. I'll, let's quickly go over the top 25 rankings as they came out today. Um, we had some changes um BYU, Arizona, and Ohio State are in the rankings. Arizona makes their weekly trip back in. Um <laughs> Illinois, Texas Tech, and LSU moved out. Then this was basically all the bottom three teams just switch places. BYU is ranked twenty three now, Arizona's twenty four, and Ohio State is back on the rankings. They started to turn things around. Of late, And they move in at number 25, your biggest risers of the week. Penn State is up four and they're into the top 10. This was a product of Louisville, who is your biggest faller. Uh, they went six spots down the rankings from five to 11 after, as we mentioned, a uh, brutal week in which they lost to Georgia Tech and Clemson and the voters were not appreciative of that. And then along with that, Creighton moves up to 15th in the nation. They moved up eight spots. They were the biggest riser of the week. Um, what else did we have here? Seton, Seton Hall
2: made a drop out of the top 10.
0: Yes, down to 16. Yeah. Uh, they were six spots down as well. And then West Virginia, they only fell three. The voters, I've noticed, are keen to not drop teams down as much when they play difficult opponents. We saw that with Illinois the week prior. Um, same kind of result here for West Virginia, they lose a pair of games to Kansas and Baylor, who are ranked in the top three in the nation, and they only drop three spots from it. Anything on here else that interests you austin
1: uh, the, the b y u kind of intrigues me mm-hmm. ranked number twenty three Gonzaga goes there on saturday hopefully we'll be all 'll we'll be together and we can watch that game kind of clock yeah
0: starts yeah, and we saw that Gonzaga had some. Had some problems with Pepperdine for the yeah. majority of that game before they were able to pull away. So hopefully BYU can give them a good run yeah, for the money. I remember play
1: spoiler. Yeah,
0: we had BYU flirting right around on the on the outside looking in, and they've quickly kind of put things together here and have managed to win a couple of games. And they are now ranked at number twenty three and mm-hmm. firmly in the tournament. I would assume from all three of us as of now. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Texas um, Tech almost snuck their way back in. What do you mean? Three. Texas tech fell out. They were the, not all oh, you're right. Um, <laughs> Jake, I would just bike for the rest of the episode. No, right? then it would stop recording. So, okay. God,
0: all right. Looking forward to some of the games. We really didn't have anything to talk about today. Um, tomorrow. What do we got do we here? Creighton Marquette. Good game in the big East Kentucky and LSU. I think will be an interesting one. Um, It's in LSU. Yes, that is right. Kentucky has a road game. Who would have thought? (laughs) Same with Kansas. Same with Kansas. They're home tonight. I feel like they play every game at home. It's (laughs) unbelievable. And then uh, Baylor and Oklahoma could be a good game. Oklahoma's got to get it together here. Like they, we thought we had them figured out, and then. Um. Who did they play on Saturday? Austin. Did they play Kansas. Was
1: it Kansas? Yeah, they played they play Kansas and yeah, got yeah, Man,
0: and they were hanging around in that game, close. and then they just completely fell apart. Hopefully, they can at least hang with Baylor, but Baylor's just been dominant. I mean, they're the number one team in the nation. It's really not even close. And it's funny because people really aren't even talking about Baylor, but they just continue to win games. So we'll see what happens. Um Moving away to Wednesday, Butler and Seton Hall. Another big game of the Big East. That's a 6.30 tip-off.
1: Love that 6.30 tip-off. Big East showdown in the week.
2: Yeah, typical. Michigan-Rutgers. Oh, my God, Jake. That is a good
0: game, though. Rutgers is undefeated at home this season, right?
1: Uh, I think so, still.
0: And that that game's at Rutgers.
1: Ooh, Okay. Jake Hopefully they'll get their revenge after a couple weeks ago they, well, Yes,
0: it is at Rutgers. Okay. Um, could be a trap game for Duke. they got to go to NC State. That could be a big win for NC State. Um, I looked at their resume. Like, I want to have them around there. But they just have had too many bad losses for me on the resume, including one to Boston College over the weekend. A game I think they had to have. I think they had to have that game, and they didn't lose it.
1: You so call I, it. I you said to, they're going to lose. <laughs>
0: and they did. Ohio State and Iowa on Thursday. Uh, both those teams are ranked. Big game, couple of big games in the Pac 12. Oregon plays or, or Arizona State Man, at Arizona be a big State. One. Huge chance for Arizona State to get a big, quality win that could firmly lock them into the tournament and probably get them some good votes um, in the eyes of the voters as well. And then USC plays Colorado, a a game that USC would um, really like to win. And as we mentioned with Austin and Jake having them in the bubble, they need to start winning some games. Yeah, they need to show us what they're
1: made of. That's for sure.
0: Exactly. Um, It starts on Saturday with the big game, Kansas versus Baylor at noon. Yeah. Um, other games that we have here, Villanova has to go to Xavier. Always hard to play in Xavier. We'll see if Villanova can get the win on the road. That'll be a good
2: game. Um,
0: yes, that will be a good game. Florida has to. Be- Jake, you are right over there. What's going on?
2: Yeah, I'm good. Not me.
0: God. Florida and Kentucky could be an interesting game. Um, Oregon and Arizona will be a good one in Arizona. Maybe the Wildcats can get a win, stay inside the <laughs> rankings for more than a week at a time. And then the game that I think I will be staying up to watch, Austin, is Gonzaga and BYU. I think that, And the game's in BYU, so yep. Gonzaga has to go on the road and try and get a win. And I think it could be a good game. 10 o'clock start, and it is on ESPN, two, so mm. anyone can watch it. Thank God. Sur- surprising. <laughs> it's surprising to see. You guys got anything else? Pretty good episode. I mean, for me and Austin, at least.
1: I think that's it. Looking forward to another great week of college basketball. <laughs> Besides tonight. Besides tonight.
2: Jake? I'm looking forward to a great week coming up.
1: All right, Jake. Is I hope we can hang me? out and watch
2: together. Yeah. All right, Jake. All right. Um,
0: thanks for tuning in. If You made it this long. We appreciate it. Um, we're getting down here, a couple of weeks coming up. I, I'm gonna assume that we're gonna probably pick up and go to two episodes when the a bracket day. is close to anyway, <laughs> when the bracket is close to being revealed, we're probably gonna really go into depth into how we have our brackets shaping up, our projections, and then we'll have instant reaction once the bracket comes out. I'm assuming <laughs> we're probably gonna have an episode where I don't know how we're going to work it out yet. I'm kind of up in the air. I'd like to get your guys' opinions on whether we should make it all one where we give our brackets and who we have winning in each round and then have another episode where we kind of go uh, region by region and break down the matchups, you know?
1: Yeah. So
0: we're going to have to go through all that. But exciting times, exciting things coming up here on the One of Dud podcast. Um, as the college basketball season is in full force here. It's getting closer To March for Dan Cooter, Austin Atwood, and Jake Uther. We thank you for joining once again here on the One and Done Podcast. Until next time, goodbye.